What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, look at it, all you, all you Darby Allen marks. Look at it now, and we'll get to it later. I would just go ahead and tell you right now for our, um, for our audio listeners who don't have the visual, <laughs> he's wearing a best man shirt. So, thank you for coming. Um, I got you. I got you. I, I want to make sure our podcast listeners are understanding a little bit of what's going on here. So sometimes uh, I forget. You know. It happens sometimes. We don't we don't get the commentary from them for so. Twenty twenty one's a strange time. Yeah, man. Weird life. But uh, we're not gonna the go right future. We got we got a bunch. Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff to really go through here. Um, so first off, the news that apparently Selena Vega is re- reportedly coming back to WWE. Been seen in uh, the Performance Center. Um. I, I don't really know what to take of this. I don't know if they're just using some of her for the vignettes. Maybe they've, they're paying her for some one-time stuff. Or if she's full-time back. Uh, I'm really concerned that she's going to be the diamond mine. I don't hate that. I'd be, I'd be really upset because I think that there is a better opportunity for her on NXT than being the diamond mine. Um, but just her in general, she's fantastic. She has outstanding ring, ring mic work, and she's also pretty um, underrated in the ring. So I think anywhere yeah. she would go, she would flourish. Uh, another kind of interesting thing is two AEW dark women have been spotted uh, with uh, WWE tryouts. Yeah, they've been doing um, they've, so they've been giving a lot of the independent uh, wrestlers a time to kind of showcase and kind of get on TV, get some practice in. Yeah, but no one is particularly signed full time. Um, but I think that's cool. I think it's cool to kind of give a mm-hmm. give some of the independent run, yeah, some money, keeping the business alive while the young bucks are killing it. Um, and also this came out earlier today. We have the re- the real reason. Real. No one knows. No one really knows, uh, other than Bray Wyatt. But the real reason behind him losing at WrestleMania 37 and having not been on TV since then, um, you know, apparently Bray Wyatt's really taken the loss of Brody Lee really bad. I don't want to say really bad, but he's taking it very hard. Um, some people were unhappy with his physique at WrestleMania 37 when it was brought up to him. You know. Wyatt said he just needed a little bit more time to kind of get his head back. So, I mean, we all hope best for him. We hope he's back in the ring before too long, but it's tough, man. It's tough. Stability and your real life stuff that always comes first. Always. So I'm happy. I mean, I feel bad that he, I don't know if he rushed himself just to get back for the one match, but I almost feel like I, 
I think personally I would have been okay if he wasn't at WrestleMania and he came back and we got a better match or a better story. And that's yeah. my thing is that I'm fine with you taking time off to get your to get your stuff straight. Um, but the way that everything was handled at Mania, now we have this weird Alexa Bliss storyline on Raw, and it, it, it's 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 not good. Okay, I'll, like I'll be Ryan. Anyway, I I just think that if you wanted to write him off a of TV for a while to get his you know mental health in order, there was a better way to do it. Um, I would have been content with what you said, Matt. And that, you know, just leave him off of the card. You know, you know, that that would be fine. You know, or write a better way to get him off of TV rather than a six minute match that was the worst out of the two two days. And there were women's tag matches at, on both days. And somehow Bray Wyatt versus versus Randy Orton is the worst. We need we need better. Well, that's another situation of I, I don't know if it's poor booking or them trying to come up with something on the fly, which I, I, I look, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt with that. If if he shows up at Mania and he goes like, look, I, I'm not here, you know? Yeah, part of me kind of feels like it was more of him being like, I'm going to come back for this one match get a certified ending to our feud and then I'm going to go away and get my shit straight. I so, still feel like yeah. if if you knew he wasn't in a good place a month prior or a month prior, you know, I, I don't know what pressure was put on him to be back. I know from the report, he told Vince he'll be there for WrestleMania. Yeah. That's what he said in the report. Take it for what you will. You know? Um, yeah. And my and my problem with everything is okay, if we're gonna look at it from a from a booking aspect, um, I don't think Randy Orton is any different where he currently is, um, if he if if he eats a loss. He's, he's getting high, dog, with Matt Riddle. Sorry, Riddle. I, I I know. I I don't think that changes if 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 he eats a loss. So I think I to so I think to sit here and say you know that they thought this up on the fly is a little bit ridiculous only because you know why not just go with the original finish you know well, and you don't have to end the feud either because we still got the Alexa Bliss stuff on Raw anyway yeah. and we were and we were and we were still gonna have it yeah yeah uh, although Alexa Bliss has been going after more women recently so well, of course they needed to make that transition yeah. You weren't yeah. going to have Bliss versus Ornamania. That would have been horrible. Yeah. Um, it probably would have been better than what we got. I don't know about that, dog. I don't know about that. <laughs> that, that might mean... be the frustration of what could have been a good match, and it yes. wasn't happening, which I get. Correct. Uh, ultimately, Correct. ultimately, I'm a big fan of Bray Wyatt. I just want him to be okay. I know when everything happened with Brody Lee for us, a lot of us uh, – oh, on the podcast and a lot of us uh, who watched the podcast were, were real messed up by it and we didn't even know Brody. So I, I, I can only imagine for someone who, you know, calls him a brother to, 
to feel, you know, I would imagine I would be messed up still. So, all right, heading over to some more news. Uh, as you guys know, unfortunately, we are the first hour that uh, Impact is on. So, Impact is currently on uh, at the moment, but we do have a, we're, we're going to have some more matches confirmed for this weekend's Under Siege show uh, that there might be a prediction show coming for you. Yeah, right now it's the number one contenders for the um for the uh, knockouts title right now between Rosemary and Havoc. Yeah, and I'm thinking it's gonna be Havoc because we haven't done that one yet with Diana. That's just my gut instinct. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we went back for Rosemary to another match since uh, Ty is not around. But uh, we do have something that is confirmed: the Slam Anniversary show that uh, takes place in July is officially taking place Saturday, July seventeenth, live pay per view. Three days Thank after the day cause is up for uh, the recent releasings for WWE. Correct. I will never understand sun, Sunday pay-per-views at 8 or 9 p.m. I hate it. I hate it because everybody's got to get up the next day for work. You know, so when I see these Saturday shows come come up, like, you know, what AEW, you know, does whenever there's not a scheduling conflict, or Impact does when they are regularly booking. Um, I love it. Super, super, yeah, super excited. Yeah. I didn't hate the Sunday pay-per-views by any means, and, and nor do I, I think. You know, I definitely think there's ones that you stay up for on a Sunday night and get ready to go to work, and you maybe aren't too happy with it the next day. But, man, I'm not going to lie. Most, I'm, a sucker for, I'm a sucker for Saturday ones. I can wake up the next yeah. day and not have work. Yeah, no, uh, I think AEW and a lot of other minor promotions who do pay-per-views kind of have taken from UFC where it's like, let's do them on Friday night, Saturday night, where we can, you know, go as long as we need to and not have conflicts with people trying to get up the next day and feeling horrible. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Make my Mondays a little bit easier, please. That's all I ask. Some quick little updates for uh, Ring of Honor for those of you who didn't watch, as you should. My heart. I know, I know. Uh, Flip Gordon and EC3 defeated the Briscoes. Real, I, I don't know how I feel about Flip Gordon and EC3 being a team. It's weird to me. I don't, I don't hate it, but just something like mentally, I, I'm having a hard time getting over. I like I, it, but yeah, I like both of them individually. Uh... But I, I think I'm right there with you, Matt. I'm I'm having a hard time kind of putting the two together in my head logically. Yeah, I mean it makes sense that they are. Oh, okay. What is <laughs> well, that okay? Makes sense. Uh, I'm realizing that y'all already talked about this. This is what happened. We did. Dwight and I is... talked about this on Monday's WrestleCast. This is what uh, but I, but I, but I know you guys weren't here, so I was letting you, you know, talk about how incredible the combination of Flip Gordon and EC3 are. How Flip Gordon still has his um, world world championship match whenever he wants. The return of PCO, all that good stuff. Uh, you mean the team of PCO and Danhausen? One thousand percent behind that. One I know, I know you are. To the moon. Oh, that's Cameron moon. Grimes. Speaking <laughs> of to the moon, we're gonna go to NXT now. Uh, so, all right, 
I actually really like this show. Unfortunately, the ratings did not do a great job in, in, in showing how good this show was. I think this is the lowest numbers they've done moving to Tuesdays. Uh, you had a pretty good carry and cross Austin Theory match. Cross looks incredible. Um, Always does. And we're kind of getting hints of Cross Gargano. Uh, but after the match, Finn Balor shows up, does the exact same spot that Cross did when Balor retained, was just right behind him over the shoulder. Uh, they both want the rematch. They're going to get the rematch. It's going to happen. Um, we get uh, footage of Leon Ruff talking to William Regal, uh, wanting to compete, but he is not. Uh, Regal's not booking him. Um, MSK versus Breezango. Fun match. MSK picks up the win. The more I watch MSK, the more I fall in love with them. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so they stand tall. They're still uh, trash talking Legado del Fantasma, who called them out last week. Um, which everyone at this point should know my opinions of. Guys, <laughs> I love Legado del Fantasma. Give them all the gold. Apparently, there's a word going around that uh, Santos Escobar wants to be the main event of WrestleMania, and I am 1,000% behind that. Yeah, I could totally see him main eventing WrestleMania at some point in the future if they book him properly. Yeah, I just got to move him out of the Cruiserweight division. That's, that's yeah. my big thing. You got to move him out of the Cruiserweight division. I think they um, successfully did that on this night. I, I agree, but it's going to depend on where we go from here. That's kind of be the big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of me wants to see Santos Escobar versus Gargano for the North American title. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Gargano's not going to be holding that title for much longer. He's not. Uh, but that is... Segue in there, because Gargano's not happy that he has to defend the belt against Bronson Reed next week. Um, all right, so I'm just going to be real with you all. We watched the show on Tuesday, and I have the notes right in front of me here. And I don't know why it was in my head that this was going to be a cage match. Because because it is. Yeah. Oh, it, beautiful. Uh, during Man, the show, it got that changed <laughs> to a cage match. Once uh, Gargano attacked uh, Reed, beautiful. basically Reed cut a promo being like, in a steel cage. All right, cool. So that's how you got to it being in a steel cage. I got real worried there. I was like, why, why don't I have this written down? What's going on? I remember this happening. It, um, you're not wrong, Matt. It happened. It's been that week. It's been that week. Listen, be prepared for Bronson Reed to do a big splash off the top of the cage. Just yeah, yeah. I'm all for that. A tsunami. <laughs> uh, Leon Ruff did get his match. He gets Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn murders him. <laughs> murders him. God, I love <laughs> Pete Dunn. I love I love Leon Ruff, but I also love Pete Dunmore. Um, I like Leon Ruff. I think his in-ring work is good. They put him, I think... Yeah. They pushed him too fast, and he needs to put on 20, 25 pounds. No, I mean, look, I don't, I don't care about his size. Yeah. I mean, look, Leon Ruff's never going to be the guy who wins the world title. No. By any means. Not at uh, all. For me, when they had him win the North American title, yes, yes, 205 indeed. 205 yeah. indeed. Um, 
but for me, it was uh, they just had him there for like yeah. the wheel, but like no one knew who he was. Like <laughs> I, I would have almost preferred that like maybe he went on like a, a losing streak, losing to like Carrie Cross, losing to Bronson Reed, losing. He's to just the- some guy in the back who we know his name because he's constantly being well, fed to. And he was an evolution, yeah, evolve. He's he's good in ring. He's good. Yeah. But oh, like, yeah. I love his in ring stuff. But I also think the stuff with the North American title where they put around his waist and it drops immediately. Like that wasn't a good look. I will admit that that was not a good look. So yeah, yeah. they they need to do better with that. I I don't have an issue with NXT going for some comedy stuff, but don't do it at the say at the uh, expense of your title. Um. Yeah, Pete Dunne just murders him. I loved it. Loved it. Um, next year we got uh, Raquel Gonzalez retaining against Mercedes Martin Mercedes Martinez. Um, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, for me, my big thought process with this is, I, I almost feel like Gonzalez needs to be more dominant. And that, that's not who you should have. Like, Martinez shouldn't get dropped quickly in a match against her by any means, you know? Yeah. But once again, it's the same thing I've been saying with Jade Cargo. You don't want to overexpose, you know? The longer you have Gonzalez in these longer-ish matches, you know, having to be the lead in the match, you see a little bit more uh, weakness in their game, you know? You just want to yeah. see a more shorter, concise match. Yeah. Um, uh, but I had no issue with two heavy-hitting women going at it. Yeah, you know, um, Martinez has the MMA-style background. I think it's a great fit for, for what she does in ring. Yeah. Um, it was fine. It was fine. You know, I, I just, once again, protect your champion. If you know yeah. they have weaknesses, mm-hmm. don't, don't expose them on TV. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She's getting better because, I mean, she's, she's, she hasn't been in the game far too long. So she can still grow, but I, where she is right now, keeping her matches shorter is going to be better for her. Agreed. All right. Swerve comes out with everyone uh, from last week. We got uh, AJ Francis, Ashanti the Adonis, and Brianna Brandy. They are hit row records, and uh, I love everything about this. Although it does follow the golden rule. And it needs to be said every time. It's the golden rule. I don't care if I like it. You have to say it. Putting all of the people of the same color in one group. <laughs> yeah, when we have when we have nothing for a handful of individuals, and they all just happen to be the same race, the rule of WWE in particular, put them all together. Yeah. Uh. uh my one major thing about this is I'm not big on the name Hit Row, but I am open to seeing how this goes. I like all of them cutting the promo. Great segment in my eyes. Um, I, I like Hit Row because it has definitely pulled mm-hmm. more towards like the, the rap aspect yeah. that they bring. Um, yeah. And, you know, taking a hit out on somebody. Yeah. So, I get I like the... It. I get the double entendre of hit where it's, it's that hit song and you know, we're wrestling, we hit people. Uh, for me, the name is just blah, but that's me nitpicking at 
silly stuff that I won't care about in two weeks. Yeah, and typically, I mean, sometimes when a name comes out, it kind of takes a little while to mull it over, say it on TV, yeah, say it on our show. Yeah. What, what was it? There was one thing that I hated that was named, and now I think I kind of like it. I'm trying to remember which one it was. There's been a lot Ever of stuff. Rise. What was it? Ever rise. Hey, hey. They it. will rise. Yeah. Hey, um, did get them in a segment this week, even though it was only like two live. seconds. Yeah. Um, keep your eye out for Top Dollar because he's a star. Former WWE or uh, NFL guy, right? Yeah. 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 Um, he is also the host of A and E's um, WWE show, Most Most Wanted Treasures, um, which is also just a really fun way to kill an hour, honestly. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really hokey. Um, and it's pretty much American Pickers, but just WWE American Pickers. But still, love it. Love him. Put a mic in his hand every single week. I'm in. I also, do not know if you guys knew this, but uh, Top Dollar played for the Redskins in 2017. I don't. I don't think I actually knew who he played for, but that makes sense. Yeah. Um. All right. Now look. I know the main event was really, really good, and I think most of us enjoyed the main event here. But I got hold up. Before we get I'm, to the main I'm event, not, I'm not skipping. Trust me. Good. I'm not good. Because I want to talk about what was probably my favorite moment of the night. Uh, uh, let's be real. If you are a wrestling fan, this probably was one of your favorite moments of the night. Uh. Cameron Grimes, we get a Cameron Grimes segment. Uh, if you guys have been ke- keeping up, Cameron Grimes has not had a lot, a lot of luck lately uh, due to a certain million-dollar man kind of ruining his life. Albert. Uh, so Cameron Grimes is trying to buy a house. He's trying to get in a real estate auction. Comes out of a car up. that's parked in front of the house that was there the entire time. But yeah, man, you got to make an entrance, right? True. Mm-hmm. So... Grimes is going back and forth with some guy in the back. He doesn't know who. He doesn't know who. He bids $8 million on the house. They've gone all the way up from $2 million to $8 million. Going once, going twice. $20 million from the man in the back. Grimes is out. Million-dollar man Ted DiBiase buys the house. Grimes is furious. Uh, he is in DiBiase of ruining his life. And, of course, we get the infamous line, everybody's got a price. I love it. This is the moment I've been waiting for since we've made Cameron Grimes a millionaire. Yeah. You got uh, rich off the GameStop. Yeah. I don't know if Ted DiBiase's paddle of 89 had any significance. Do you guys? Um, ooh. Actually, now that you've said that, let me... I want to say maybe... No, because he was around for a while prior. Um... I'll say this. I'll say that's the year of the son that he has that tried to rob from his nonprofit. Oof, oof. Um, it's not a good piece of history, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, eighty uh, nine's middle of his first, or when he introduced the Million Dollar Man with WWF. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in 89, he did purchase the number 30 entrance 
from Akeem to uh, for the Royal Rumble. Oh, man, yeah, I, I cannot think of it. Uh, that might be something we'll find out like a year from now. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Eighty nine. He also introduced the WWF Million Dollar Championship. Oh yeah, that's probably it. That's yeah. probably it. I like that. That that works for me. That's where we keep it. <laughs> yeah, that works for me too. I'm just. Uh, we get a vignette of Zoe Stark uh, pushing the feud with Tony Storm. Stark promises to get the win next week. We get Stark for Storm two next week. I I gotta feel like Tony Storm has to win that, right? Correct. I mean, after the string of losses she's had, you gotta feel like she's gotta get at least one up here at some. Listen, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a rubber match, I think, at the next takeover. Yeah, I think that's what we're leading to, whether it be on the pre-show or not. Maybe we get some kind of stipulation. Maybe, oh man, you know, it'd be actually a good match with these two, just with with mm-hmm. their ring work. Last woman standing. I don't think it's built to that point yet, but. God, I would love that. Maybe next week. Uh, you can long-term book for that, though. Oh, yeah, I think so. Across four weeks, I think you could. Yeah. Uh, I know the next uh, paper or takeover is In Your House 2, or In Your House so 2021. Four weeks. And that's in four weeks? There you go. think so. Okay. Um, Oni Lorcan versus Kyle O'Reilly. This is a fine match. Kyle O'Reilly gets the win with a flying knee drop. Still hate uh, Cool Kyle. Yeah, I do not. I do not like you know. Cool you know what's sad? I kind of dig his theme, too, a little bit. And it sucks because his character is such a douchebag. But he's supposed to be the face here. And it's just... just you're not Cool Kyle if you're a douchebag. So it it kind of reminds me of those annoying guys you see walk across college campuses. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're not wrong. Like that's how it comes off. And like Kyle O'Reilly is great in ring. I enjoy watching Kyle O'Reilly wrestle, but oh. <laughs> him trying to find a personality. This ain't it. This ain't it, dog. Come on. It's um, like it's it's like when you go to like your regular grocery store. But there's a grocery store down the street with the same name and everything is backwards. That's him trying to find what his actual character is. Yeah. He's cool Kyle, man. He's cool Kyle. Applying it applying it to real life. Where do you think the eggs are is the friggin' cereal? Like But he has to spell cool with the K, because that's how all the cool kids are doing it these days. Also because K O R Because uh WWE loves alliteration. Mm. Right. The big part of this match, though, is after the match, Pete Dunne immediately enters the ring. Beatdown commences, and who should make the save but a returning Bobby Fish? Uh, returns to a big pop, well, as big of a pop as you can get in the... WC. WC. Capital Wrestling Center, CWC. Yeah, CWC. Oh, we had to invert WCW, and it's off <laughs> horribly. Um, so, Fish and O'Reilly are kind of like, good to see you, good to see you. Fish is like, I know you're doing your own thing. I got some stuff I want to do. So, bye. <laughs> yep. It felt anticlimactic for what it was. Yeah. Was it just me or was anyone else kind of going like, yeah, Bobby Fish, kick him in the face. Yes. Do it. Yes. Yeah. As soon as I saw Bobby Fish enter the ring, I'm like, this has to end. This is going to end one of two ways. 
They're either going to reform their tag team. Which or, you can't do at this point. Yeah. Or they go into a feud, which I thought was the logical way to go is have somebody kick the other in the face and that starts off your feud. And said it was just like, well, good seeing you. I haven't seen you in a couple months. I'm going to go the other way now. Um, I'm totally fine with this. Bobby Fish is a more than capable singles guy. They could have put Redragon back together and it would have been fantastic, but you would have killed cool Kyle immediately, which oh. is not what you want to do. No. You know um, what we're going to end up getting, right? Where you get cool Kyle and silent Bob Fish. I see that's a reference that no one really was into, okay? No. Um, <laughs> it's Bobby Fish is in a weird spot because he's a guy that honestly never could stay healthy in NXT. And the problem is, is now that he's into his early 40s, which now in professional wrestling, I mean, we just saw Nagata and Mox last night and you know, Nagata's 53. So, I mean, if you're talking about age 40, it's the new 30 if you're being truthful. Um, but Bobby Fish is just a guy that just can't stay healthy, never could get going. So it's hard for, you know, management to look at it and be like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, invest and give him a push. So it's going to be very interesting um, where we go. Maybe a, maybe an Adam Cole versus Bobby Fish um, to kind of bridge the gap there until we get Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly again. Who was it that injured Bobby Fish? Oh, God. Was it Lorkin or uh, Birch? It was. It was. It was. It was one of Pat McAfee's goons. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I just. I don't know what you do with him in a singles capacity. Don't get me wrong. Bobby Fish is great, but I just I don't mean, know what direction you take him in. I mean, he could be a guy that you could put in, say, a North American Championship match, and just the name alone will give it a little bit of. You know, believe believability, a little bit of carry there, um, and it'll be a good showing. And it's like, oh, the old dog can't hang anymore. You know, I I think that could be a possibility, or he could just start. Yeah, especially if, um, I mean, and you know, I know that Gargano is going to lose next next week more than likely, um, but you know, Gargano fish would be a lot of fun, um. I don't know if his style really meshes well with Bronson Reed, but I would love to see it. I think it I think it gives Bronson Reed immediate validity on being the North American champion. Yeah, so thinking about this, this is very similar, I feel like, when the North was no longer a tag team and Josh Alexander mm-hmm. was kind of left on his own. A lot of us were sitting here going, what the hell are they going to do with him? So I, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully... They rise to the occasion here, and they succeed like they're kind of doing with Josh Alexander right now. Although I have a bad feeling that uh, he's not going to have a good time this weekend. Uh, hey. Hope it's El Phantasmo. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. I would, event, I would cry. Sorry. Kushida versus Santos Escobar, two out of three falls. Escobar gets the first fall with the Phantom Driver. Uh... Kushida gets a submission victory in the second round. He almost immediately, too. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty quick. It was. Uh, I don't remember which commentator was like, we're going to commercial. And as soon as they said that, they were like, wait, stay here. We're not going to commercial yet. Um, so I got to tell y'all, when he got the submission victory, I was sitting here going, huh. All right. I, I, I figured if he was going to get a tap out, it was going to be for the final one. But I do kind of like the fact that, you know, Escobar did tap quickly to kind of protect his arm. I like mm. that storytelling, especially when you do these uh, Iron Man slash two out three falls match. Better to take the quick loss and, and keep your arm healthy so that you can do more damage later. Um, yeah. And then we get the uh, modified dragon suplex in the middle of the ring held for a bridge for a one, two, three. This is kind of cool. I don't remember Kushida ever really using this as a finisher before. Uh, so it was new, and I liked it. Uh, I don't uh, know if it's something he can do regularly, though. Yeah. Uh, also, almost immediately as soon as the match started, uh, I don't remember who... Joaquin Phoenix and who else is the tag? Raul Mendoza. Yeah, they attacked uh, Kushida, and then MSK immediately came out for the save. Also, wait, Joaquin Wild. Yes, did I say Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix? Because he's yeah. definitely not a wrestler. <laughs> he is still having a love affair somewhere with his cell phone. That's probably a reference nobody gets because nobody saw that movie. Nope. <laughs> you talking about the one where he uh, fell in love with Siri? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So. Yeah, them and MSK, weren't they both there and they got uh, removed pretty quickly? MSK came in for the save. MSK hit like a dive on both of them and then the referee threw him out. Also, in the MSK match, we forget got to mention that referee had some uh, some moves on him. I don't forget. I just don't want to give that any attention. <laughs> I thought that was a little excessive, personally. Oh, it totally was. Oh, wow. Sports world today is fantastic. What's Go going Florida on? State. Uh, women's soccer, Virginia and Florida State are going to penalty kicks to determine who will advance to the finals. Oh, nice. Yeah. Go Knowles. <laughs> so, there's that. Ryan, I figure now is a really good time to let you talk about Dark Side of the Ring for a little bit. Take it away. Listen, <laughs> Listen I, watched, I watched it with Sarah. I watched both, both parts. Um, and it was and it was just Brian Pillman from start to finish, and you guys know that Brian Pillman Jr. is now is now an active member of the AEW roster. He's one half of the Hollywood Blondes, um, varsity yeah, Blondes. and varsity Blondes. There you go. Um, now we talk about Pillman, um, but just to see, um, you know, if you first of all, if you haven't seen Dark Side of the Ring. Get on it. It's on Vice. All three seasons are on there. Well, all two seasons were on season three. Tonight uh, is about Nick Gage. If you don't know about Nick Gage, where have you been living? Um, but Brian Pillman from start to finish is such an incredible story. Um, and I think what makes this two-part episode different is the fact that we have still some actual um just still some actual animosity still between between everybody involved other than other than you know the Pillman widow 
and Brian Pillman Jr. Um, and essentially, um, Brian blamed himself um, for the for for the suicide of his of his first wife um, because his new wife um, wanted to get full custody of the kids, and so it, it, so in real time, it was it was like an episode of Maury where you know they want full custody and she's trying to you know get away and um so it it was just very interesting at that point to you know see how hard that just that whole thing um kind of put an kind of put an umbrella over what Brian Pillman was trying to do as far as professional wrestling and i didn't know about um, the vehicle accident and how much that really affected him. I mean, we all, I mean, you know, some of us were young enough to, to, to remember, to remember Pillman's got a gun. Um, I, but I didn't realize that it was, that it was from him falling asleep at the wheel. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right, we had ourselves a good time over here. No, you're fine. And I think the thing that, really hit me the most is what is what Brian Pillman Jr. has taken away from all of this and how you know through all through all of you know the animosity between you know all 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 members of the family still um you know is is you know what is me hating her going to get me now and um, how I, I got improved... you're you're good. I got to interject because I got to tell you when Pillman started talking about um, just the the abuse he got from his stepfather. Yeah, Pillman Jr. Um, mm. Oh my god, um, that hurt me. Like like just sitting there listening to it, and like. Oh my God! It, it it broke my heart. Like I was already kind yeah. of a junior fan. I love the Varsity Blondes, but th- there's no way I can't like watch this episode and not just sit here and take it in. Like th- this dude, man, I I can't imagine. And and when his dad did pass away, him talking about like, oh, this is a work. This mm-hmm. is a work. The camera crew, where where are they at? And like yeah, him not realizing that this was real life was like, oh my god. Yeah, and even and even and even Sarah, my wife, who you know is you know watches 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 wrestling with me from time to time, but is not like glued to it like I am. You know, even even was taken aback by that, and just is just like like he's a kid. And he didn't realize, and I and I'm like, yeah, that's how professional wrestling was, in you know before the you know early to mid 2000s, you know it was that kayfabe above all, almost, and um, back to my BPJ argument, um, just or I guess or I guess statement, um, just the fact that he's kind of risen above everything and still has somewhat of a resemblance of a relationship with his, you know, stepmom. 
is absolutely incredible. Um, and when he says that it shaped him, you know, about how he lives his life, how he how he treats women, how he how he goes about his business, it's like that's really taken, you know, chicken crap and turned it into into chicken salad. I mean, that's that really just hit me hard and you know um, I've never also another thing I've never seen Jim Cornette cry before this episode that was tough and um, just the fact God, that ugh. there are there's just so many things that I, I wish Jim Cornette was better about or or more open yeah. to I guess but that dude I mean he knows his stuff which makes it so hard to be angry with him um, and just his genuine love for Pillman was so obvious in this episode um, him and Jim Ross. Jim Ross killed me too with this one. Oh yeah. Um, I was I was sitting there with Pat watching this episode. Um, and yeah, man, both of us completely and totally forgot that they interviewed Martha right after, like the week after he passed away on live TV. Oh yeah. Like, why would you do that? Um, because Vince asked her and she said yes, which is, which is so crazy to think that you would be in the right mindset after your husband, you know, just died, you know, and you want to give an interview the next day because the show must go on. There, there were, there were some very not nice things that Sarah said about her, uh, just an overall grand scheme of things, um, but yeah, she's a real piece of work. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, guys, I I can't recommend it enough. Go watch this episode in about fifteen minutes. You got Nick Cage coming up here on uh on Vice as well. And if you, I I don't even know what to call Nick Cage. Like you just need to watch this episode. It is it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild. And also, you're gonna get to see everyone's favorite former WCW World Champion interviewed in it. I do have one small bit of breaking news. What's Go up, ahead. Brian? I know you want to say it. Go ahead. I do. Uh, this Saturday at Under Siege, Josh Alexander defending the Exhibition Champion against the Headbanger. That is El Phantasmo. My heart is full. I am ready for Bullet Club to take more Impact Gold back to Japan. AEW time. Forbidden Door. <laughs> forbidden Door is always open. Speaking of the Forbidden Door being open, Starting off AEW, we had John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata. Moxley coming out to Wild Thing. Uh, people contribute this to two different things. Uh, a, Moxley's from Cle- uh, from from uh, Cincinnati. Not, yeah, Cincinnati. Um, a lot of people thought this may have been a uh, major league reference, but also this was Onida's uh, entrance music in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was real cool. I didn't know that. And Nagata came out to the ring with Ren Narita. Uh, this is a fantastic match, in my opinion. I, I mean, this was Nagata at, at one of his finest moments, and this was John Moxley wrestling New Japan, John Moxley. Yeah, and I understand how you could have a style difference on the company that you're in when you're wrestling. Crazy. Like, I, I, it's weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the Moxley you enjoy to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Everything from the AEW opening sequence 
to getting Nagata coming out from the backstage area. Very old school, uh, new Japan there. Um, and then the mocks. I didn't sit down until halfway through the match. I was fully invested. I have been because I'm a Nagata mark. Um, and this was just so... This is this was one of my most enjoyable things to watch in professional wrestling this year. Um, uh, Nagata's first appearance on TNT in 23 years since he was with WCW. Now he didn't come out with Sonny Ono, which I've come to you know <laughs> I've, I've come to live with. But Nagata's 53 years old. He's he you know 50, I guess 50 is the new 40 since I said 40 is new 30 earlier, because Nagata can still effing go. I, I think they should have given him a push, but um, yeah, Here's no, but to your, to your point, though, and you mentioned this last, last night, this is, uh, this is contested under New Japan rules. I mean, I, uh, the further we get to Forbidden Door being fully open, it's great. It's great. Uh, uh, you know, the best part about all this match, though, uh, well, there's two things. Um, Moxley overly protecting Nagata's head to make sure he didn't mess him up with a paradigm shift. That was a very Love nice it. little catch there. Um, the very, very cool show of respect with the bowing after the match. That was really cool. That's a great visual. For a lot of people who don't know Nagata, you know, like... Nagata-san. It was very cool. To show off how, how respect he was. And Thank God everyone in the crowd was super into this match because I was going to be upset if they weren't. This is one of those ones where even if you're not necessarily a big Nagata fan, you kind of have to do a little extra because he's outside of the company. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to see more of this happen, you want to see more interaction with New Japan AEW, you got to show that there's going to be some kind of monetary and some kind of, of sensible pop. Um, we get an all right promo backstage from Ortiz Hager and uh, Guevara with Marvez. He says, uh, "All right, Pinnacle got the win. Whatever. We want the rematch. We'll get more on that later." Cody Rhodes heads to the ring for his double or nothing announcement, and we essentially get Cody Rhodes running for president. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, look, as as any uh, <laughs> you know. Uber American would feel <laughs> Cody starts going, hey, you know, he did a really good job being like, you know what, in the same state that had segregation only so many years ago, my beautiful wife is going to give birth to a black princess who won't be pushed away by either of, of her people. Um, man, he really like went, <laughs> he went full of the heartstrings. You saw him getting emotional. I don't know if that's Cody pulling some magic or actually being emotional about it. I don't know. It genuinely had me there. Uh, God, Cody Rhodes, so good on the mic. But for one night only, it will be Anthony Agogo versus the American Dream, Cody Rhodes, despite the fact that they don't own, and he doesn't own the American Dream moniker. I'm positive. Look, oh. all logic says Agogo needs to win, but you oh, cut this promo does. and it doesn't matter. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> a lot of people are having issues with this promo online. Uh, I used this as a bathroom break. I was at work watching it. 
and I kind of was just like, well, I came back right at the end of it and missed it all. And then I tried finding it online, and it's the one thing I haven't been able to find online. So, I guess for me, like, I feel like a lot of people didn't like it just because they feel that our the where our country is currently at. I guess that's getting into a whole different kind of political mm. space there. Yeah, but like that was like that got me right to roll. I was pumped. I was yeah, right. No, I know a lot of people have liked it and supported it, and a lot of people have been like, Ugh, "That was kind of pushing what probably we shouldn't be saying." But I say, "Fuck that." <laughs> um, uh, I'll jump in here and say that. You have to have somewhat of a suspension of belief here when you watch professional wrestling. And I think that, you know, and that goes the same with if somebody's cutting a promo. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they say, I'm going to kill you, they're not going to kill you, okay? That's just, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's just wordplay that they're using, okay? So when he's when he's made now there have been a lot of comparisons between some of the things he's saying here and some of the things that martin luther king has said okay i i i uh, now i saw no problem with this whatsoever this is one of the best promos cody has ever cut um a go-go needs to win now <laughs> go full, go full heel now here's now here's the thing if anybody can carry a green Anthony Ogogo to a great match, there is nobody in AEW that can do it better than Cody Rhodes. Nobody in AEW that can do it better? Uh, sorry. Anybody who's available. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's what, that's what I meant. Because, of course, it's not going to be Kenny Omega. All right. We're gonna have to start speeding up here because we're starting. To, we're hitting the last little bit of time here. Yeah. Young Bucks versus SCU. Oh. I loved this match. I love this match for the tag titles. Um, Daniels busted wide open. Um, yeah, it seemed like a bad blade job to me. Yep. But it, honestly, it kind of made the match better. Um, I know some people were kind of upset that he missed the first BME, but I feel like that's believable considering just the, the amount of blood. On him, yeah. Um, even though we all know that's not what happened. <laughs> hey, man, I, I don't know. I don't Ryan, know. Ryan, you just said it. Suspension of disbelief. I get. Yeah. I get by it. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. I'll, all right. Okay. My favorite part of this match is you have Matt Jackson in the corner. He's yes! getting ready to super kick, and he's so and he's so dramatic. I'm sorry. I love you. And and just and Make just super kicks. Yeah. yeah. Super kicks the hell out of Christopher Daniels. Um obviously kicks out at two. Um I this has gotta be Christopher Daniels swan song, right? He put up on Twitter that this might be all. Yeah, and and, and it and it looked like it because he went out super strong. I um, wonder if we get one final match, him versus Kaz at double or nothing to give him the full send off. See, I would rather see Kaz in the casino battle royale. Um, I don't think he's gonna win it, so I think I'm okay with him not being there personally. What if what if they're both in it? 
I, I could see that too. Here's here's my question: Is it going to be his final match? If he's in the casino, if he's in the battle royal royale for his final match, I might be a little upset. Um. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, which is why I think that this was it. But it's going to be interesting. Um, Post match, Kingston Moxley wrecked the elite's dressing room. Uh, we come back from commercial and we're showing uh, Kaz and Daniel hugging in the ring for the last time. Uh, I would have preferred if they switched these segments. If we stayed with the with Kaz and Daniels live, and then went to them wrecking the elite dressing room. Yeah. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, we'll get to another moment tonight where I feel like things probably could have been switched around. Uh, personally, for me. It, this episode of AEW, as great as it was, some things for me just didn't hit the right button because of how they decided to put things and where they decided to put them all. That's fair. Um, Cage talks about having an open match for next week. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be for someone with Team Taz. Matt Seidel shows up and says he's got to win it, and he's got Make up for the Casino Battle Royale from last year. Good con- continuity. Orange Cassidy versus Pack goes to a draw because neither man can stand up. Uh, so, all right, Ryan, take it away. Are you going to include the information that I put out this morning? You can do that. I'm just, I'm just owning my own bragging rights because I you called did. this. You did. You did. And so, go ahead. Sorry. Apparently. One of the kicks right before the, uh, the powerbomb in this match, uh, Orange Cassidy was knocked unconscious, but no one recognized it until the powerbomb. Um, and he was up and he was moving for a little bit, but that's why they kept going to these submission holds. And that's when they made the audible for Kenny Omega to come out and knock Pack upside the head. Apparently the plan was always to have a triple threat or three-way, um, but they had to adjust on the fly for the finish to make sure it worked. Um, Every report thing, Orange Cash is okay in the back. Uh, he just ate one on the head the wrong way, which makes sense to me just because I feel like Pac's kicks look devastating, and I can buy that they hurt like hell. So if one did not hit where it was supposed to, I could buy it. I could buy it. Um, God, and that Liger bomb looked horrifying. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that didn't help things. Uh, so... <laughs> All reports say Cassie's okay. He was backstage talking with people. He was cleared medically after the match. Um, interesting. Every once in a while, I mean, I guess the Don Callis promo there at the end, like, come on, Pac, we need a winner. You need to do something. You know? Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that was on the fly. Yeah. So Omega could run out there in time to hit him with the belt. Yeah. I know it's not going to happen, but if they're going to take the belt off of Kenny this early, again, I said it's not going to happen. Now's the time to do it, but I also feel like Cassidy just got added to this match to take the pin. Oh, see, originally I was saying that this was going to be Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega for the belt. I mean, look, Orange Cassidy is arguably the most over person in in AEW. You heard the pop when he came out. He can take the pinfall because he is over because of his gimmick. 
I mean, he does good in ring work. Yeah. Um, he's well liked. He performs well, um, and he gets a huge a huge pop. Honestly, I was convinced that Cassidy's gonna get dropped by Kenny Omega. He'll have a good match against Omega, and Omega, I think, I mean, he could have a good match with about anyone, but he'd have a yeah. pretty good match with Cassidy's work. Yeah. Um, uh, so I only say Cassidy takes the pinfall here because you can go forward with Pac Omega at the next pay per view, whatever. Nah, I think this is probably to shovel both of them back down, honestly. Um, um, now, is this going to be a triple threat, or is it going to be a three-way dance? That's my question. They just said a three-way match, so I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I would imagine it's probably just going to be like the tri- typical triple threat rules. Oh, God. Until they say it's elimination oh. style, I assume it's always going to be. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I think it'll be fine either way. I think that if you want to make Kenny Omega dominant... Um, you make it a three-way dance and have him pin both. Um, I think that's the way to go, honestly. Um, Additionally, I think you, if we yeah. go all in on this heel bit here that he's doing, he could have some help from the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. He could also, if it's a three-way dance, just stand outside and let them go at it and let them eliminate each other and come in one way and Angel get out. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can build this depending on how you want his character to be, which is the really great thing about what Kenny Omega is doing right now yeah. is is he can be one of one of two di- different heels and he, he and he can be the same guy both here and when he goes to impact, which is fantastic. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that you, I think, see a bit more of a vicious side of him in impact. I yeah. feel like yeah. he's he's way more dominant in Impact than AEW, but I think that also might just be the difference in talent. Yeah. I hate saying that, mm-hmm. but I feel like the top guys in AEW are higher up than some of the top guys in Impact right now. Yeah. Um, uh, personally, I'm not a big fan of the whole Kenny Omega uh, character he's playing right now, but it works for what he needs to accomplish. We have an official prediction here from uh, from Pat Orange Cassidy's gonna get his uh, finish, and then Omega's gonna push him off and then pin pack. I could buy that. I could buy that also. Yeah. All right, we have to move forward because we are running out of time. Uh, we have Young Bucks in the destroyed dressing room. Um, they're making fun of Mox and Kingston says, you know what we got? We got to solve this. We got to fix this before we get to that match of double or nothing with them. We got to go with the number one rated tag team, the varsity blondes, Matt Jackson, again, throws some more fire on the uh, dark side of the ring for uh, building <laughs> junior. Um, but should they retain, they will face mm-hmm. Moxley and Kingston really like this. Cause it shows respect to the rating system. So you're at least going to take out the number one rated tag team prior to giving uh a personal match on the pay-per-view. That's how you do it. Do that. Uh, we get an interview with Hangman backstage. He's surrounded by Dark Order. We essentially get Cage, uh, Brian Cage versus Hangman for double or nothing. That's going to be a lot of fun. Pinnacle Coronation is ruined by a bubbly bath. I really wanted to say beer bath, but uh, it's a great time to return the spot. I'm honestly, this is the one I've been waiting for forever. Uh, there's always a good spot here where someone gets drenched and poured on from something. Not milk, like a uh, good Kurt old angle. angle, but 
this was great. You got to see MJF sell a little bit comedically too. Once again, serious wrestlers, serious feud, able to have a little bit of a comedy segment done right here. The only thing that was missing in this was somebody pretending to swim. I I almost feel like that would have been MJF, but that may have been going almost too far. Yeah, yeah. Although, although uh, Dax, I think would Dax or Cash, either FTR would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only way we get a rematch between Inner Circle and the Pinnacle is if it's Stadium Stampede, and if the Inner Circle lose, they have to break up forever. I like it. I like it. It'll be interesting to see how they do Stadium Stampede, because I know they're supposed to have a crowd for Double or Nothing. So I don't know if they're going to have them go into the stadium and they're just going to do the entire match on the football field, or if this is going to be a taped segment shown probably maybe at the end of the night. Now, you having seen Double or Nothing last year, Stadium Stampede now comes with, you know, with already this preconceived notion that it's going to be an empty football field. You're going to be able to, you're going to be able to go anywhere with no, with no fans. Now, that's now the, the other end of the sort of having uh, things in full capacity is, is now how, how are you going to do this? Are we going to get another, um, you know, parlay of sorts to kind of break it all down? Well, I don't um, think so. We'll talk. I think if they're going to do it, they're just going to keep beating the hell out of each other backstage bit by bit. I mean, they might have some stuff in ring, but if they're smart, they do a lot more of like the the same way they did Elite in the circle, beat down there. Maybe have some callbacks to some segments. Yeah. Um, maybe Guevara uh, goes flying off the thing and misses through the table. So maybe you have some uh, some cool parallels there. I'm I'm intrigued. We'll have to talk more about uh, expectations for a stadium stampede match on Monday because we're going to run out of time otherwise. Uh, Thunder Rosa defeats Jasmine Allure. That's a fine match. Next week, Serena D versus Red Velvet for the NWA Women's Championship match. Uh, I'm surprised if we see Serena D versus Thunder Rosa at double or nothing for the NWA Women's World Title. Uh, Young Bucks versus Varsity Blondes for the tag titles, like you already know. Cage versus Matt Seidel. Anthony Agogo is going to face Austin Gunn. And, uh, yeah, we get a backstage interview with Jake Cargill. We're still pushing up uh, people trying to make offers to be her manager. Uh, she says she may take someone, but everyone's got to remember that no matter what, she's her own boss because she is that bitch. Fair. Miro mauls Darby Allen before this title match. Um, I can't think of any other way to do this. God, Miro's throwing him around outside, and they're they're chanting Darby, and he's doing the whole Chung Lee, and I popped, I popped so hard. Anytime anyone makes a reference to blood sport in professional wrestling, you get ten stars from me. Um, they did worry me here, and I, I came into this mm-hmm. match going like, dear God, Darby Allen's gonna win, and I was wow. getting real upset. <laughs> I was, I, I had convinced myself like. Tonight's been too good. Some there's gotta be something that's gonna bring me down here. Uh, uh, I almost wanted. Uh, Pat made the really good point while watching the show. Like, man, Miro has in his contract that if Darby can't wrestle, he wins the belt by forfeit. Just murder him on the outside of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, wrestling logic. Uh, in the middle of the match, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky attack Miro, uh, not Miro, I'm sorry, Sting's leg. 
Uh, God, we start getting some offense from Darby Allen. My anxiety is building. You get an attempt at a coffin drop. They get reversed into a German suplex. Throw it over their head. Allen goes for a roll-up. Hits a code red. Pop. Miro drops him into the game over. Darby Allen passes out. Miro is your new world champion. I'm sorry, not world champion. TNT champion. Either way. World champion. Miro with a belt. Finally. Finally. I went through the whole spectrum of emotions during this match because so many times I, I, I was telling myself in my head, don't get caught in the work because you're going to end up dis- disappointed. And if Darby Reigns wins again. Yeah, well, that was Jeff, Jeff's prediction. And before the match started, he's like, he's like, guys, I told, I told you last week. Dude, I was he's there going with over. I was there with him. I was worried. Yeah, we, we were all there. I mean, and Darby's matches are pretty similar in how they're worked. It's Darby gets ragdolled for the first good chunk of the match, and then Darby, out of nowhere, has a furious comeback and ends up winning off of some, you know, roll-up or... Well, he has his, like, he has his signature, like, pin combination that people can't get out of all of Worst Wrestle in the World, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, as well, I mean, he typically does hit the coffin drop for the win. Um, someone pointed out that like people have to love working with Darby because of the way he sells and takes bums and they make him look really really like they make his opponent look really really strong just by throwing him around at that same time it's a double edged sword like we said earlier and that like yeah. when he comes back and gets the win it hurts but I guess that's part of the Darby character the never say die never give up yeah. Baba do 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 um, Never give up. Never surrender. Uh, but let's talk about why I can't wait for Double or Nothing because we have immediately coming out the next challenger for the TNT title. We're going to get Lance Archer versus Miro at Double or Nothing. I'm so I worried. Take all my money. I like the I'm match. Worried. I, I wish the they would have given Miro some time to celebrate. And- uh, I think there'll be time to do that. He'll have a segment next week, but I, I I prefer this tease towards Double or Nothing. I mean, the show is only two weeks away. Yeah, you know, uh, I, mean, we I would have rather having... seen Miro celebrating alone tonight, and then next week we have Lance Archer kind of interrupt his celebration. Eh, I'm respectfully disagree, just because I think this little C drop here gives a little bit more. I mean. We don't typically get a lot of Miro excessive celebration, uh, and I think that may be dipping a little bit more into what people were disliking about uh, about him when he was doing his stuff with Kip Sabian. It was almost too comedic. You know, you wanted it to be more savage. Yeah. Oh, and you know, also a really good point. This is, I think, the last regularly scheduled Dynamite. Um, yeah, because I do know that the week before yeah, Double or Nothing, it's a Friday. Show. Yes. Yeah. They're treated like a go home show. Yeah. Valid point here being added in. As always, my new correspondent, Pat. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Love you, Pat. Uh, guys, with that, <laughs> we have exhausted about all of our time. Cod, hit him with the plug before, I, I don't know, time bombs. Go. There we go. Go check out the YouTube. It's really great. There's a lot of Alvarez versus Meltzer. Um, one of our videos 
uh, that we currently have on the channel has 74 views. Um, if any of our videos get to a get to 100 views, um, we will be doing a giveaway of some sort. Uh, de the details to be determined. Um, speaking of to be determined, the rest of the match card for the Party Bowl. Guys, the Party Bowl is right around the corner. It is next month, June 27th, Jackson Terminal, Knoxville, Tennessee. Two matches already announced, as you know. It's M-Dog 20, Matt Cross taking on one half of the American Wolves. That'd be Mr. Davey Richards, who does have a wrestling seminar earlier in the day. It is 50 bucks. Go to nextgentn.net for more. Um, but also very recently announced, it is Blanco Loco and Dream Girl Ellie, also known as the International Superstars, taking on the Neon Blondes. That'd be Facade and Matt's future wife, Danny Moe. I hope you're watching. Um, guys, if you, haven't gotten if you haven't gotten tickets yet, it's about a six-hour drive, so it's worth it, okay? It's $18 for adults, $15 for children. Tickets will more than likely not be sold at the door. So go get your tickets now. And if you like what we're doing here at Podcast World Order, PWO, check, check us out. Uh, support uh, us. Speaking of our friends over at Next Gen Tennessee, they're doing their podcast as well right now. Uh, and we have our friends Cody and Eddie, and they are live with everybody's favorite wrestler, Rich Swan. I couldn't have waited till I was finished. Nope. God, fish the plug. Nope. <laughs> all right. With that, guys, support your local wrestling. We'll see you all on Monday. Have a great night. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Goodbye. Good night. Bang. <laughs>